The scripture is taken from Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12. And we commonly would see this in the Bible as the heading probably says, the Beatitudes. I looked up what Beatitudes means, and um, it said on Google (laughs) that it means supreme blessedness. I like to think of them as the Beatitudes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a few years ago, a Dutch businessman made headlines around the world when he announced the beginning of a spectacular project. Maybe you remember this. A few years ago, this Dutch businessman announced that he was going to start a project to send a group of people to the planet Mars. He called this project Mars One. He was going to build a ship. He was going to blast people off. He was going to give them experiments and things to do when they got there. And the most exciting part of this project was that anybody could apply to go on this journey as long as you met three three qualifications number one you had to be young number two you had to be healthy and number three you had to be willing never to come back to earth again this was strictly a one-way ticket there was not going to be any coming back if you got on the ship then you knew that you were going to live the rest of your life on this spaceship and then on the planet mars and before you get too excited before you say you know i've had the kind of week where that sounds like a pretty good deal let me Let me remind you that this doesn't just mean that you would be leaving coronavirus and politics and snow behind. You would also also be giving up forever ice cream and chocolate and coffee and birds and flowers and everyone you've ever known, every place you've ever loved. All of that you would be leaving behind. Is anybody ready to sign up yet? Just wait, there's more. So when this Dutch businessman announced that he was putting this project together, people asked him, how on earth are you going to pay for this? Where are you going to find the billions of dollars it would take to to send a group of people to Mars? And this businessman, he said, oh, that's easy. He said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn this whole thing into the world's biggest reality show. He said, when people sign up to go on this trip, they will sign away all right to privacy for the rest of their lives. Every minute of every day, everything they say, everything they do will 
be live streamed back to the planet Earth. And then the money will come from our commercial sponsors, people who, who support the TV program. And so, and so this is the deal. You leave ice cream behind forever and also you sign away all right to privacy for as long as the rest of your life shall last, even, even the right to pick your nose without the whole world watching. You sign all of that away. Is anybody ready to go on this trip yet? Hang on, there's more. Right? So when this Dutch businessman announced that he was putting this trip together, uh, scientists and people at NASA started looking at his plans to see if this thing actually could, could even work. Would this even be a, a possibility? And this is what they discovered. They discovered thousands of things that he hadn't thought through, thousands of things that could go wrong. One astronaut said, he said, I would give this at best a one in five chance of these people ever even reaching the planet Mars. And once they got there, their, their life expectancy would be probably at the outside about 30 days before they either froze or suffocated or starved to death, right? So this is, this is the deal. You give up ice cream forever. You sign away all rights to privacy for the, the rest of your life, and there's something close to a 100% chance that this is all going to end in your horrible, horrible death. Is anybody ready to sign up for this journey? <laughs> Would you be surprised to know that thousands and thousands of people were? When this Dutch businessman announced that he was accepting applications, applications started pouring in from all around the world. Applications started coming in from every continent, from every country on the planet Earth. Thousands and thousands of young people started sending in applications to sign up, to to put their name in the hat, to be on this ship, to go on this trip. And you might be wondering, what kind of person would sign up for this deal? What kind of person would want to go on that kind of a journey? Well, there was a group of filmmakers that wondered exactly that same thing. And so they started tracking down these young people who had sent in applications. They started videotaping interviews that they did with with the young people who sent in applications to go on this journey. And as they talked to the thousands of young people who had applied to go on this trip, they they discovered that each and every one of these young people had a unique, deep, and powerful reason for wanting to leave the planet Earth. And they talked to one young man from the United Kingdom, and they asked him, why did you sign up for this, this mission? And he said, well, he said, it's like this. He said, my dad abandoned me when I was very young. He said, ever since that day, I've had this feeling that my life isn't important. I've had this feeling that I am not important. I've had this feeling that I am not worthy of love. And when I saw this mission, I thought to myself, here is my chance to prove my dad wrong. Here is my chance to prove everybody wrong. Here is my opportunity to do something that the world will never forget. And they talked to a young woman who grew up in Iraq, and they they asked her, why did you sign up for this journey? And she said, well, I grew up in Iraq. She said, it wasn't easy being a woman in Iraq. I had to deal with all sorts of of oppression and and prejudice. And she said, finally, I decided that I wanted to go someplace where I could be free to be myself, someplace where it was easier to be me, she said. And so I moved to the United States. And she said, I discovered that if it's hard to be a woman in Iraq, it's hard to be Iraqi in America. She said, and when I saw, when I I saw this mission, I decided, you know what, I want to go to a place where prejudice and oppression haven't had a chance to put down roots yet, and I can't find any place like that here on the planet Earth. I'm just going to have to go and build it myself somewhere else. They talked to a, a young man from Mozambique, and he was very philosophical about the whole thing. They asked him, why did you sign up for this mission? And he said, I look around at what we are doing. He said, I look at all of the violence and pollution and all of the brokenness that we have caused on the planet Earth, he said, and, and my conclusion is that, that this 
this planet is finished, that it's broken beyond repair, and our best hope is to go someplace else and just, just start over on another planet. As these filmmakers talk to all of these young people, they discover that each of them had a, a unique, each of them had a different story to tell, but all of them had this one thing in common. All of these young people were hungry. They were hungry for something better than all of this. They were hungry for a better place. They were hungry for a better way. They were hungry for a world without prejudice, hungry for a project that had meaning. They were hungry to be part of something bigger than themselves. They were hungry like the people who followed Jesus were hungry. In today's scripture reading, we see Jesus very early in his ministry. In today's scripture reading, we see Jesus in that moment when the crowds of people coming to see him and coming to hear him are starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. What started as as one rabbi wandering from village to village now is starting to look like, like some kind of a movement. How did Jesus build this movement? It wasn't hard at all. All he had to do was ask. As Jesus wandered from village to village, everyone he met, everywhere he went, he would give people an invitation, he would say, come and follow me. He was walking along the beach one day, and he saw a bunch of fishermen sitting in their boats, and he called out to the fishermen. He said, come and follow me, and those fishermen got up. They left their boats. They left their nets. They left their homes behind, and they started walking in the footsteps of Jesus. One day, Jesus saw a tax collector. He was sitting at a table counting all of his money. And Jesus said to the tax collector, come and follow me. And the tax collector got up and walked away from the table. He left the money right there in the cash register. And he started walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus saw groups of young men gathered in the village square with nothing much to do. He saw businesswomen in the marketplace. He saw widows down on their knees in prayer. He saw young women standing on street corners. And everywhere he went, Jesus said to these people, come and follow me. And everywhere he went, people left their lives, left everything behind and started walking in the footsteps of Jesus. And the crowd got bigger and bigger. And then one day Jesus goes to a place where there's a bit of a hill. He walks up the hill. He goes to a high place and he turns around and he looks back down the hill at all of these people standing behind him, all of these people who have been following him. And when he looks back down the hill, this is what he sees. He sees people who are poor in spirit. He sees people who are so low in gas that they don't know how they're going to make it through another day. And Jesus sees people who are wearing mourning clothes. He sees people who have been carrying a burden of sadness that is slowly wearing and grinding them down. Jesus sees the meek. He sees people who have been kicked so many times that they don't even look up from their shoes anymore because they just don't have any fight left in them. Jesus sees people who are buying lottery tickets with money that they don't have because at least the lottery gives them something like hope. Jesus sees people who are killing themselves with two packs a day because that 10-minute smoke break is the only escape they have, the only moments that are truly theirs in their day, the only thing that they have to look forward to. Jesus looks back down that hill and he sees people who are hungry, hungry for something better than all of this, hungry for a better place, hungry for a better way, hungry for justice, hungry for for righteousness, hungry for God's presence and God's healing to come into their lives and into this world. And Jesus looks down at that crowd. He looks down at all of those hungry people and he says, blessed are you. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you meek. Blessed are you who are hungry because your hunger brought you to me. God's kingdom is coming, and God's kingdom is coming for you. Blessed are the hungry, Jesus says. Are you hungry? 
Lent has always been a, a time for God's people, for followers of Jesus, to get ourselves good and hungry. We're entering now into the first Sunday of the season of Lent. The season of Lent will be less between, between this week and, and Easter Sunday morning. Lent has always been a season, a time for God's people to get hungry, to remember what hunger feels like. In the early days of the church, Lent was a, a time when people who were new to the Christian faith could study the ways and the words of Jesus. During the season of Lent, people who were new to the Christian faith would fast and they would learn about the, the teachings of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. They would read the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And as they read the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, and as they fasted and prayed, they would discover that the words of Jesus feed our souls in a way that no loaf of bread ever can. And then later on, Lent became a time for people who repented of, of their sins. Lent was a time for, for people who had committed some kind of terrible sin, people who had, had some, for some reason walked away from the church. It was a time for them to fast, to show that they were hungry for forgiveness, to show that they were hungry for a place at God's table among God's people again. And then finally, Lent became a time for all of the followers of Jesus to, to fast in some sort of a way. Some people would fast throughout the 40 days of Lent. Some people would give up meat on Fridays. Some people would, would give up chocolate or ice cream or caffeine. Lent was a time of, of sacrifice, a time when we, when we let something go for a season in our lives. And the idea is that during the season of Lent, those of us who hardly ever have to feel hungry will remember what it's like to be hungry. And the idea is that as we fast our way through the season of Lent, we will remember that even though we have food in our refrigerators, we have a lot of neighbors who don't. Even though we have food on our tables, we have a lot of neighbors who don't. Lent is a time for God's people to get back in touch with our sense of compassion, to become hungry for a world in which nobody ever has to go hungry again. Lent is a time for God's people to get good and hungry because only people who are good and hungry have ever been able to follow Jesus. In the Gospels, we see that lots of people come to Jesus for lots of different reasons, and most of them don't stick around for very long. In the Gospels, we see that some people come to Jesus because they, they want healing. And those people usually only last until the moment when Jesus lays hands on them and they get that healing, and then they walk away, they go back to their lives. And some people come to Jesus because they're bored and they want to see Jesus do miracles. And those people usually only stick around for about as long as it takes for them to get bored with the miracles, too. Some people come to Jesus because they're, they're curious and they want to see what Jesus is all about. And those people usually only last until Jesus starts talking about the way of the cross. And then they slowly fade away and go back to their lives. As we read the Gospels, we see that the only people who stick around, the only people who follow Jesus, even when Jesus starts walking towards the cross, are those people who are hungry. Those people who are hungry for something better than all of this. Those people who are hungry for something different, hungry for a better way, hungry for a better place, hungry for justice, for righteousness, for peace, for hope, hungry for God's kingdom. Only hungry people have ever been able to come and follow Jesus. Are you hungry? If you're not hungry, what's it going to take to get you there by Easter Sunday? Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us that hunger. Give us the hunger that the fishermen had when they walked away from their boats. Give us the hunger that the tax collector had when he walked away from his money. God, give us the hunger of so many men and so many women who followed Jesus because he spoke about a kingdom that is better, a kingdom that is more peaceful, a kingdom that is filled with more hope than the world in which we live. God, we pray that you would make us hungry for a world where young men don't get shot on Friday nights. 
God, we pray that you would make us hungry for a world where everyone has enough and nobody is even tempted to walk into a credit union and demand money. God, we pray that you would make us hungry for a world in which no one is cold, no one is hungry, where we don't need soup kitchens, where we don't need to hang scarves on fences. God, we pray that you would make us hungry and that our hunger, our hunger would bring us to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.